Hey guys, Coach Katie here with another episode of Team Lacrosse Academy's podcast. I am so sorry that it has been a minute since I have put on any fresh content here, but I have got a lot of awesome content coming at you over the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited about. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and dive right in. Okay, so today we're gonna talk about a question that I get asked from so many kids, it's alarming. Also, the nature in which I'm asked this question is alarming. And that is, coach, why am I not getting recruited? Or why does it feel like I'm not getting recruited? I can't even tell you the number of kids that ask either myself or one of my coaches on our staff that question. And, it's, and it really is heartbreaking because while this is a very tumultuous experience, lots of high highs, lots of low lows, it is an amazing and incredible experience for a young woman to go through. And we definitely want not just the girls who are participating in our programs, but you know, girls across the country who are trying to play in college achieve that dream because our sport is so cool in that if you wanna play, there is a spot for you, whether it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, club, JUCO, whatever it is, there is a place for you if you want it. Um, so I thought it would be uh, beneficial to put together a quick little list of the top five things, in my opinion, that I think athletes, you know, mistakes that I think athletes make and missteps um, that families make um, when approaching and going through the recruiting process. So this is by no means the end all be all of college recruiting mistakes, but these are really, really important, um, you know, things that I think it's important to be aware of and these are easy things to correct. Um, so hopefully this is helpful to you guys. So with that, number one is I see a lot of kids that don't have any true starting point. So they have no list of criteria for what they want out of school. And from that, they can't make a list of schools to target. So the first thing that we wanna do when approaching this recruiting process, once you've made the decision of, yes, I think I'm interested in playing college across, we wanna then list out other factors of criteria that we need to have in order for a school to be the right fit. So that could be public school versus private school, in-state versus out-of-state, uh, maybe a specific geographic location in the country. Um, you know, maybe you're paying for school yourself, so finances are a factor. Maybe you're looking for a school that has a very specific uh, major or minor or field of study. Whatever it might be, you know, we need to jot that down and make, make a list so that when we're going through and doing research, we can find schools that, that match those other criteria and are not just lacrosse-based. Um, also, just a little caveat with that, we want to make sure that we have criteria that are outside of lacrosse because if god forbid something happens and you're no longer able to play lacrosse but you're attending a school we want you to be happy with that school as well um lacrosse aside so creating that true starting point so having that list of criteria from there we want to do research on schools that meet those criteria that also have women's lacrosse programs and we want to create a spreadsheet um with you know college name 
coach's name, coach's contact information. And we want to have a target list that I say is about 50 to 80 schools. Now, that list is gonna be larger, smaller, depending on how many criteria you have. Obviously, the more criteria you have, the more you're gonna whittle down on that list. If you're taking a broader approach, which I think is always better, you're gonna have more schools on that list. So number one, no true starting point. You wanna make sure that you have a true starting point, you know what you're looking for, and you know what opportunities you're looking for and actively seeking. So from there, number two is, I see you know athletes, if they do number one, <laughs> number two, which is either no communication or poor communication to college coaches. Um, so they might have a great target list, but they might not be reaching out to that target list correctly, or maybe they're not getting back to coaches in a reasonable amount of time. So college coaches move very quickly. So I'm gonna talk about no communication and why that's important first, and then we'll talk about poor communication. So for no communication, it, it's important to at least introduce yourself. You need to get on the radar. I think a lot of athletes forget just how many kids in the country are playing lacrosse right now, and it's growing every day. So you're getting more and more competition. There are more and more competitors being added to that candidate pool for college spots, college roster spots. So if you're not communicating to coaches, you're basically just relying on tournaments and the off chance that a coach at a school that you're interested in just might happen to see you play and be recruiting for your position. The odds of that are so, so slim and you're really leaving it, a lot of it up to chance and you're gonna be disappointed at the end of the road. So you have to, have to, have to introduce yourself. From there, you wanna keep them updated with your with your tournament plans. You need to get on their watch lists. So as a former college coach, I have a, I've obviously done it myself. I have a lot of colleagues and a lot of friends who are in that world who do it. They go to a tournament with a watch list. They know who they're watching and when they're watching. They know what spots they're recruiting for and, and really what type of athlete they're looking for. So if you're not one on their radar and two, you're not on their watch list, the odds of you maximizing your exposure at that tournament are, are slim to none. Um, so from there, a, a lot of coaches get a lot of pre-tournament emails. To me, that intro email and that pre-tournament email is pretty standard. A way to differentiate yourself is send a post-tournament email. Hey coach, hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great, you know, hope you had a chance to watch me play. If you didn't, here's my highlight video. Uh, if you could provide any feedback, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, I'm really interested in your school, whatever. And you can tailor that email to be as personal or impersonal as you need it to be. If you know you already have a good relationship with a coach who you know is actively recruiting you, obviously you can make that much more personal. Um, but that is a way to really set yourself aside from the you know 60 to 100 kids that they watched play at that tournament. Um, other communication are just general updates, you know, grades, SAT, ACT scores, new highlight videos, things of that nature. Um, and then just a little thing about highlight videos. If you are trying to get recruited by a school that is not in your geographic region and is not able to watch you play a lot, you have to have a highlight video and you need to update it every six months. So from a college coach's perspective, and, I, and I'll touch on this a little bit more later in the podcast, but just a little note about it now um, since we're speaking about highlight videos. Um, 
the reason why you need to update it is because no coach is recruiting college level athletes. That's very rare for a kid to be college ready in high school. They're going to they're going to shape and mold you once you get there. But what they need to see is improvement. They need to see your your growth pattern. They need to see um, your your overall improvement uh, from season to season. In, and not just in physicality, but in skill, in awareness, in lax IQ, and all of those things. So that's why we need to have one and we need to keep it updated. And you need to keep sending it out. That's also, every time you update it, that's another excuse to hit them with an email. Um, now, on to poor communication. So a lot of kids think that if a co coach doesn't respond right away, that that means they're not interested. And that's not true. Um, you need to understand the recruiting timeline, which that is a whole nother podcast. Um, you need to understand when coaches are recruiting. Um, you also need to understand that, especially when they're in season, like coaching is, is a very hard job at the college level. There are a lot of things to do. They work non-traditional hours. Um, they may or may not have a full-time assistant. So be patient, keep sending the emails. Um, if they're not interested, they either will continue to not respond or they will let you know that they're not interested and they'll move on. Um, it's, it is important though, if a coach does get back to you, especially with a personal email, um, that you respond in 24 to 48 hours. I mean, again, it moves very quickly. Recruiting boards shift very quickly. So you want to make sure that you're responding back and being professional. Oh my gosh, please check your emails for spelling and syntax and grammar errors. Um, please make sure that you answer any and all questions that they ask. If they need information from you, if they ask you to fill out a recruiting questionnaire, please make sure you do that. Um, I can't tell you how much of a turnoff it is as a college coach when someone responds to an email like they would a text message. Yikes. Um, don't do it, be professional. If you have a question, always have your emails edited by a coach, by a parent, whatever it may be. This is like a job interview. It's You're not chatting with one of your friends yet. So make sure that you have good communication, frequent communication, and that you're getting yourself out there. Um, and again, it's, it's really important that you understand the timeline of the different divisions and the overall college recruiting timeline. Um, again, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but if you have questions on that, your coach should be able to answer. So moving on. So number three, and this is probably the toughest one to have with a kid um, or conversation to have with a kid when this is the issue, but a lack of self-awareness. So I get a lot of kids in our programs who they're like when i ask them about their college dreams about playing in college they're like d1 or bust like i want to go to a top 10 d1 school or nothing or i don't want to play first off if that's your mindset college lacrosse is not for you um <laughs> i think it's really important that you understand that while you might be the best person on your high school team you're still competing with all the other girls who are playing in the country. So just something to keep in mind. <laughs> you want to make sure that you have some realistic expectations. On the other side of that, you never know what a college team might be looking for, whether it's position 
or specific skill set that they might be recruiting for and you might you might meet that description so i always encourage kids to reach out to their dream schools to their reach schools but it's important to keep in mind that there are lots of opportunities out there and they all are very different and D1 lacrosse might not be the right fit for you, especially if you plan on being in a sorority or if you want to go to an SEC school, a lot of them don't have lacrosse, like you're going to be playing clubs. So that's why I said in the beginning, you know, it's important to keep an open mind, cast a big net. Um, but again, number three, lack of self-awareness, just not reaching out to the right schools, uh, unrealistic expectations. Um, you just got to keep in mind that you are competing with every kid that's playing in the nation, not just in, at your school or in your state or in your region. Um, number four, and this is a big one, not just in lacrosse, but all sports, but social media. Everyone has it. College coaches are not dumb <laughs> with that. And just because you are private, that does not mean anything. <laughs> I have so many kids who, you know, I'm friends with them or I know someone's friends with them and I get past information and I'll ask them about it and they're like, oh, well, it's on private so no one can see it. That's wrong. If you're putting it on the internet, you're putting it on the internet. If it's a photo or a video that you wouldn't show your parents, don't do it. Just don't do it because you would be surprised at how information gets around and I've seen athletes lose scholarships. I've seen athletes lose opportun amazing opportunities simply because they were dumb and put something on the internet that they shouldn't have. Be smart. Number five, and this is a case-by-case -case basis, but understanding, having an understanding from the perspective of the college team. So this kind of goes in with self-awareness, but, but it is a little different, so I wanted to touch on it. It's important to keep in mind that you might be the best attacker in the country, but if Maryland is not recruiting attackers for your class year, you are not a good fit for Maryland. So you need to keep in mind that college coaches are recruiting specific positions, specific class years, and they all have their own method of recruiting. There is real, no real industry standard for a recruiting process. There are timelines and there are rules and there are general uh, principles that a lot of schools follow, but each coach has a, their own method to the madness and you just have to keep that in mind when doing this whole thing. Overall, I think the number one piece of advice that I can give to you guys is it is really important to develop a personal relationship when you can um, with coaches. So obviously emails, that's where you start. You wanna introduce yourself, getting getting on their recruiting radar. Once they've had a chance to watch you play, you know, maybe get to a camp or a prospect day if it's a school you're really interested in. Make sure you're introducing yourself, um, whether that's over the phone or while you're at a camp or prospect day. You know, I always encourage kids, um, especially for the D2s and the D3s, if you're going on a campus visit, email the coach and say, hey, you know, I'm doing, uh, I'm gonna come by campus and, you know, do a tour with admissions. I'd love to stop by your office and introduce myself if you have time. Um, I think you'd be surprised with how many coaches are really open to that. It helps them put a face with the name. It helps you develop a personal connection with that coach and really 
it will really help you see if that's a program or a school or an opportunity that you can see yourself in in the next couple of years. So just to recap, make sure you have a true starting point. Make sure that you have good communication. Make sure that you have some self-awareness with the, with the types of opportunities that you're eligible for. Make sure you keep your social media clean and try to keep an open mind and understanding from the perspective of the college team and develop those personal relationships. Well, guys, I know this was a shorter one, but hopefully this is helpful to you guys. Again, if you have any questions or if you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out. Again, you can email me directly at katie, K-A-T-I-E, at teamlacrosseacademy.com. Thanks so much, guys.